0: yeah, welcome. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Oh, my goodness. i uh, been doing errands since 9 o'clock this morning. Wait, errands. Am I going to make that clear? Otherwise, no, I've not been doing errands since uh, 9 o'clock this morning. I've been doing uh, errands since 9 o'clock this morning. Thank you very much. Uh, anyway, uh, welcome to the show. By the way, uh, I want you to know something that. If um if you have business to take care of at the uh, auto bureaus of Erie County uh the one in Chicktawaga is closed for remodeling the Chectawaga one is closed for remodeling so you go then to Eastern Hills Mall and if you go to where the DMV was located in the Eastern Hills Mall kind of across from the cat place with all the kitties tugging at your heartstrings um it's not open but there's not really good signage uh, directing you to where the auto bureau actually is if you're going to the auto bureau at Eastern Hills Mall uh, I think you're better off uh, parking in the Duffs area and going in that door somebody could correct me if I'm if I'm wrong but uh, my goodness it was uh, <laughs> it, it's always frustrating to do an errand right and, and think that you're making progress I'd like to speak bilingually for our Canadian listeners, and then uh, find that you have basically wasted time and wasted effort. However, however, I will tell you that the personnel at the Eastern Hills Department of Motor Vehicles office, supervised, of course, by Mickey Kearns, whom I adore, uh, they were absolutely terrific. I didn't have an appointment, and believe me, the way I'm dressed right now, they wouldn't think I'm a big deal. Some people do, because I'm on the radio. Um, I honestly couldn't care less. I'm just a fellow, an idiot with a microphone. That's what I do for a living, and that's it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I enjoy rubbing elbows with stars. Not going to lie about that, but to say that I'm in any way um, of that caliber <laughs> I don't think so. I really don't. Come on, give me a break. So anyway, uh, I just want to commend the auto bureau staff at Eastern Hills Mall. So basically, um, this is 2 days in a row I've come out with positive things to say about government agencies and I think maybe maybe something is you know maybe something is slipping in my brain. Uh, it might be because the the jury thing in Erie County was actually very well done. It was outstanding, as I told you yesterday. And the uh, DMV was outstanding today as well. Waited maybe 15, 20 minutes without an appointment. The only thing I would say is when you're sitting there, uh, they give you a number when you check in, along with the form and the clipboard you got to fill out, why are you here at DMV? And uh, the uh, they, they have A, and then they have B, and then numbers after the letter A or the letter B. So I'm watching the board, right? I'm B326 or whatever it was. And uh, like, okay, B323. Then they go A182, A183. Wait a minute. What happened to? What do you have against consonants, guys? Seriously. But the entertainment system at the DMV is actually really good. Now don't laugh, don't laugh. It's important to distract people when they're in line. Have you noticed that every freaking doctor's office you go to, it's always HGTV? If I see one more bathroom being sledgehammered hammered while I'm waiting in a doctor's office, I'm gonna stream porn from my phone onto the TV. In fact, I'm going to do that anyway, just to get a reaction from people. They'll never trace it. Uh, Oh, that would be awesome. Not just porn. I mean really, really rancid porn. And I'll just sit there. Um, What if I could do that? Uh, Worth a try. Worth a try. So uh, anyway, yeah, but the entertainment at the DMV was actually, it was good. They had the hockey standings up. They had football information up for the Buffalo Bills. They actually had good, valid information. So, again, Mickey Kearns, thank you for doing what you've done for DMV. Uh, it's a totally different uh, experience than it used to be. And did I mention the nice, pleasant people like the blonde girl at window 8 with the wireframe glasses? Uh, she was wonderful. She has no idea who I am, what I do, anything like that, and it shouldn't matter. It, it really should not matter. So uh, anyway, it's just it's nice to be with you. Uh, now I can relax after a morning of running around like a freaking maniac Now, uh, David, I I didn't hear everything David had to say, uh, but uh, he was talking at the end of the show about the Netflix movie, All Quiet on the Western Front. David and I must have watched two different movies because the Netflix version of All Quiet on the Western Front has officially put me to sleep three times. It has put me to sleep three times And I don't know I didn't hear everything David said. I all I heard was that he had liked the movie. And in fairness to the movie, maybe I shouldn't start watching it at eleven o'clock at night. A lot of that might be on me. And the Godfather, Godfather one, I've told you this before, put me to sleep numerous occasions. I would always doze off during the wedding scene. I mean, once I made it to Luca Brazzi. And then I dozed off before I actually stayed awake for the whole thing. So I I have watched uh, All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix, and it is interesting. But it's not even the first time that movie has been remade. Richard Thomas from The Waltons was a star of a, a previous remake of All Quiet on the Western Front. But I'm sorry, can we please... Go back to the 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western Front. From what I have seen, and I, I don't know how you feel about this. Maybe we'll find out. But from what I have seen, what I have seen, the new All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix sucks compared to the 1930 version of All Quiet on on the Western Front, that's based on the first 45 minutes of the movie seen by me before I have fallen asleep watching the movie. I don't think I've ever fallen asleep on the 1930 edition of All Quiet on the Western Front. Those of you who are younger, who have never seen the 1930s, uh, 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western Front, before you start gushing and ejaculating praise over the Netflix 2022 All Quiet on the Western Front, may I suggest, if you've not seen it, you go back and you watch Lou Ayers, Louis Wolheim, and a whole bunch of people who would later become famous, Ben Alexander, who would be on Dragnet and a lot of other things in future years. You go back, you watch the 1930s. 30s edition of All Quiet on the Western Front, and let me just provide you a little bit of background. Uh, as you can tell by my last name, I am of uh, some German heritage. Although the funny thing is, the DNA maps I've got more direct relatives in the U.K. than I do in Germany. That's just bizarre. But maybe it's just the Krauts don't do the DNA thing because they're worried they're going to get linked to Kurt, uh, the, the guy who ran the U.N. But anyway, uh, that's another story uh, for a different day, or they're going to find out they're related to Mengele or something like that. But um, I grew up with a German grandmother, okay? Um, she came to the United States in 1923, and until the day she died, she had a German accent, which during the Second World War was a source of embarrassment, I think, for uh, my dad and my aunt. Because being of German extraction and having a German surname in World War I and in World War II were not traits that you really You had best live at that time in a mostly German neighborhood, German-American neighborhood, to avoid swastikas being painted on your door or Kaiser hats being painted on your door back during the World War I era. But um, I know a lot about the zeitgeist of World War I Germany because I talked with my grandmother about it. She was a little girl. But her dad, my great-grandfather, was a World War I soldier. In fact, I posted before a picture of him with his fancy mustache standing really well-dressed and erect and square-shouldered and all that stuff in his Landwehr 122 helmet. Landwehr, uh, the Landwehr regiments were not the crack troops of the German army. They were the old guys or the reserve guys that were called up in in the First World War. My great-grandfather served all four years in the First World War as a German, and he was in the trenches, in the combat zone, have no idea how he survived four years of that. But the 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western Front has always resonated because based on the conversations with my Kraut grandmother, okay, um... The feeling in the small villages in Germany that is portrayed in the 1930 edition of All Quiet on the Western Front, the movie absolutely nailed it. Uh, My grandmother grew up in a very small village in Germany, Kleinesdorf, I think I got that right, uh, Sea Kleinesdorf in Germany, a very small village in Germany, and, um, the 1930s version, uh, I keep on saying 30s version, I mean 1930s, sorry, it, it's, it's the drugs. But uh, the 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western Front captured the feeling of the town at the outbreak of the war, great jubilation and celebration that we're going to war. And it was a very militaristic uh, society. Now, that being said, the Prussians were the real bastards in the First World War. The Bavarians, which is getting more into where my family hails, uh, they were the, uh, the nicer guys. Their snipers would not try to hit you. If they saw your head poking above a parapet, they'd fire a shot by your head, but they wouldn't hit you. Uh, and I'll get into why I say that in just a moment. But the, ni- the 2022 version of All Quiet on the Western Front, should they also remake The Godfather? All Quiet on the Western Front from 1930 is as perfect a movie as you are ever going to find, even in terms of special effects. There is the first battle scene in All Quiet on the Western Front, 1930 okay, starts off with an artillery barrage. Then you get the French poilus charging over the plane. At one point, you see two French soldiers ducking into a shell hole, and then that same hole being taken out by another piece of munition. And obviously the guys were blown to bits. Uh, You see a, a hand grenade thrown and a French soldier's hands clenching the barbed wire. This is a 1930 movie and the special effects i don't they didn't have cg they didn't have any technology like we have today making movies that combat scene from all quiet on the western front 1930 is i think one of the best combat scenes ever filmed and that's based on people who were actually in the war what i've read them saying obviously i wasn't there and i have never been in combat although the divorce was kind of close, not going to lie. But anyway, the combat scene, the first battle scene in 1930, all quiet on the Western Front, there is a a moment of cinematic brilliance as the French troops have pushed the German troops back from their trench. They're advancing on the second-line trench of the German army and the German artillery barrage comes. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how they did this in 1930, but you go back and you watch the 1930, all quiet on the Western Front, you will see absolutely massive explosions. Massive. I mean, I don't know how they did it. I honestly don't know how they did it, and I don't know how they did it without injuring any of the hundreds of extras by the way, many of whom were World War I veterans in All Quiet on the Western Front. They were American and German World War I veterans who were working together as extras to make the movie. True story, which adds to its realism, adds to its reality. But that, if, if you've seen the movie, you know the artillery barrage of which I speak. And considering the fact it was made almost 100 years ago, it is stirring. It is amazing. It is awesome. And then, of course, the, uh, the Germans had started off with a machine gun. The French take over the machine gun, shows the futility of war. All, qu- all Quiet on the Western Front um, in 1930 was such a powerful movie that some countries actually banned it because they wanted to be able to go to war in the future. Germany, for example, once the Nazis took over on January 30th, 1933, they banned all quiet on the Western Front. I think at first they tried letting rats loose in theater uh, in theaters to chase patrons away because they didn't want them to see it. But again, Netflix has remade a movie, Uh, or they're showing a movie which has been remade. This is the second remake of which I am aware the other remake was done. Was it Ernest Borgnine and Richard Thomas? Uh, And I didn't think that was very good. In other words, why mess with perfection? The 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western Front is so good that the Library of Congress chose it for special preservation, calls it the seventh best epic movie ever made in the history of film. So you got something like that. Should they remake The Godfather? Should they remake Godfather 2? Well, they did remake Scarface, and that turned out pretty well. So maybe I'm being overly uh, critical, but it's just that the 1930 All Quiet on the Western Front has always resonated. And the fact that it is in black and white, has always added to the experience of that movie because the past took place in black and white. I am now going to contradict myself. If you are interested in World War One, I, I strongly, I could not more strongly recommend 1930, All Quiet on the Western Front. I could not give it a stronger recommendation than than, than his – 10 out of 10 stars, a million out of a million stars. You need to see that movie. And Wolheim was suffering with stomach cancer. I think it was stomach cancer uh, during the filming of that particular movie, but he gutted it out. And he also refused to change his name because, believe it or not – um, the Jewish actors in Hollywood saw being seen as Jewish as a career liability. And Volheim, to his credit, said, screw that. I'm a Jew and I'm a proud Jew. And he t- refused to change his name. So I give him the Stones Award on that. Uh, but All Quiet on the Western Front, 1930, is a must-see World War One movie. And Oh, I heard David say that he'd never met a World War I veteran. Well, David is younger than I am. So I'm older than David is. And I did meet a World War I veteran at Ted's on Sheridan Drive. She, uh, he, his name was Mr. Bevan. I was introduced to him. This is Mr. Bevan. And uh, he was dating my great aunt. We called her Babe, Aunt Babe. And actually had a chance to literally talk with a World War I veteran. He would have been obviously very elderly at that time, even in the 1970s. But um, I want to give you some some other recommendations here. I, I, I had no idea that I was going to go in, in this particular uh, direction. You know, um, and, and sometimes that's cool because, uh, look, I didn't hear everything David said about the Netflix all quiet on the Western Front so if I'm doing a disservice I I apologize it's just I am all about 1930 all quiet on the Western Front but uh, if there's anything you'd like to add, I'm not doing this all day okay this is this is this was supposed to have been a quick hit and run but once I start yammering about World War one I, I can't stop because for you World War one, made the world in which we live today you understand that without World War one there is no World War II without World War one there was no Adolf Hitler without World War one there was no Lenin there was no Stalin without World War one um, the whole world would be a vastly different place. World War I was the single most important event of the 20th century, influencing the lives of millions of people for the entire rest of the century. 1914, 1919, it totally changed the world. I have a little bit of passion, I guess you could say, about the First World War. Uh, But uh, if you want to add into the discussion, again, folks... I sometimes start talking, and I don't know when to shut up, and I apologize for that. But if you want to get in on this, you want to take issue with what I'm saying or agree with what I'm saying, preferably, uh, you can call 803-0930, 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. And again, the only combat I've been in is uh, a divorce in the 1990s. But the armistice was signed, peace was made, and now we're allies. Kind of like the real world. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, and it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big
1: Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month.
0: Deep left field, it's gonna go! Subscribe to AtBat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, thank you, Josh Schmidt. Uh, you might make jokes of my shortness, but uh, at least you appreciate my yacht rock taste in music, uh, for which I am grateful. Thank you. So anyway, uh, guys, I did not even think I was going to be talking about this today, but I'm talking about it today. It's number two on Netflix right now. All Quiet on the Western Front. I was watching it last night. Josh Schmidt was watching it last night. Bella Via loved the movie, and I'm here to tell you that in my humble opinion, the 1930 edition of All Quiet on the Western Front is an unrivaled cinematic masterpiece which showed World War 1 as it was from the german perspective and the hair on my arms is literally rising because i remember talking with my grandmother about it her, her dad was in the trenches with his pointy helmet for uh, for 4 years and he was at the front and he survived he lived <laughs> Probably was cowering deep underground, but he survived. But I, I want to offer a couple of suggestions. I want to take your telephone calls on this too, because we've done shows on what are you watching on Netflix? And if uh, if 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 All Quiet on the Western Front is number two right now, and the three of us Bellavia myself, and Josh—who also loved the Netflix edition, but he's never seen the 1930 version, which you need to watch. Um, I'll give you my my Amazon password, and you can watch it. Uh, you probably, I think, enough people have that. Never mind. Uh, plus, you're gonna start ordering stuff on my. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Been there, done that. Anyway, long story, folks. But anyway, uh, there are some other movies about World War One that I need to recommend. Okay. Uh, Obviously, All Quiet on the Western Front, 1930, Lou Ayers, an absolute must. And when you consider that it's almost 100 years old, you watch that movie, you watch the special effects, it is remarkable. It's beyond remarkable. There's another one that's out there you need to see, The Lost Battalion. You've heard of The Lost Battalion. How many of you can actually tell us the story of The Lost Battalion? Your humble host could not have done so. Watching the movie, however, that was a movie I put on as filler between one errand and another. The second errand did not get done. That is how gripping The Lost Battalion is. You can find that. I think it's free with Amazon Prime, but don't hold me to that. I mentioned Peter Jackson. Did I mention Peter Jackson they shall not grow old. You can actually hear the voices of the men. See, even if you didn't meet a World War I veteran, okay, you can meet them vicariously through They Shall Not Grow Old. Some people say, well, that's not a documentary. I call BS. It is a documentary. It's a phenomenal one, too. I'll have more to say about that. And there's another movie that you need to see, and it's called Dale. It is a fascinating movie uh, from a psychological perspective of a soldier in the field. There is a romance in it, however, which lends it a different quality to these other movies that we've mentioned. You're breaking the rules. Oh, my heart breaks thinking about that. But anyway, that is a great World War I movie. Uh, if you want to get in on, in on this, I'm not talking about this all day, 803 803 Star 930 on the cell phone, one eight hundred Let's go to Michael in Depew. You are on. Hello. Guten yeah, Tag. How are you doing
1: today? Guten I Tag. Am, as a college professor, this is one of the most interesting topics I taught. My students just infinitely love, love the topic. I've seen all the movies that you uh, just indicated, The Lost Battalion, um, all quite on the western front. In part, its accuracy was due to the fact that they used a lot of surplus war equipment and uniforms etc so a lot of that stuff was still around and that's why the the uh the accuracy of the weapons and accouterments is 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 so close to the actual event
0: um, and then and uh, allow me allow me to interject as I mentioned before a lot of World War one veterans American and and German were recruited as extras they didn't have to teach him how to dive into a shell hole they knew yeah and that was
1: one of my initial attractions to the movie because the war, for all intents and purposes, the war ends going into uh, 1919, and so the people were of the appropriate age, and they they sought their assistance, and that to me just gives it a little closer uh, scenario to uh, accuracy. The other thing is the uh, the the they shall not grow old, which the, the Peter Jackson film. I thought that was one of the greatest achievements in film. You are correct. The linguists, the uh, the people who were familiar with uh, sign language and reading lips. The accuracy. I was very, very much inspired. I saw that in the movie theater several times, and actually own um, the actual DVD. So that is remarkable. I would encourage anyone to see that.
0: Okay, let's just repeat that the the movie Michael is talking about is "They Shall Not Grow Old." I bought it on Amazon Prime. I, I, I just watched it like over the weekend. I watch it about once or twice a month. That's how good it is, and just to uh, uh, to buttress what mike is saying before we go back to mike you hear the voices of a whole bunch of world war one veterans british veterans of the first world war and it's overdubbed with um colorized and sanitized as in modernized footage um of the first world war and and Even This is where I'm a hypocrite. I love All Quiet on the Western Front because it's in black and white. I love They Shall Not Grow Old because with the colorization and with the cleaning up, if you will, of the film, um, it really made it clear that these guys, talking about what they had experienced, even when latrine poles broke and they fell into the uh, muck... um, uh, it, it it gave it um, a sense of uh, of pertinence and relevance. Being in color, Professor Mike, please continue, sir.
1: So, as a as a man who I I collect all these accessories, everything from from guns to helmets to swords, etc. The thing that I found quite remarkable, by the way, was they shall not grow old. Most people don't know this, but when you look at the old film footage which was taken between 1914 and almost 1919, it appears to be very herky-jerky. The film speed and the projectors were set up at a different speed as opposed to current projectors. So what Peter Jackson did was he made the old herky-jerky film sequence with current projectors so you could see the motion in more accurate real time. That, to me, was just, just inspiring. So I would encourage anyone to see that. And then... Lastly, I was just going to say this. You, you mentioned about what an epic uh, conflict uh, this was. The entire world that we know from the 20th century going on is predicated on that. Um, we have between 23 and 30 million casualties. Um, Europe is just permanently altered. The Austro Hungarian Empire collapses, the German Empire collapses the Ottoman Empire, which is the Turkish peoples and the Arabic peoples, that empire had collapsed as well. And if that wasn't enough, it collapsed the, the, uh, the Russian Empire, leading into things such as the proliferation of socialism and communism. And then probably the most dramatic effect from that war, and it was reflecting the casualties, is this was the first modern war fought with things such as chemical gas, tanks, Aircraft, machine guns, and the problem was you had military strategists who were fighting an 18th century war with 20th century technology, which led to just massive casualties. And then on the tail end of that, we get into the Spanish flu epidemic, which is actually started and brought to Europe by American soldiers. So the world that we knew just largely disappears.
0: But as as you know, uh, Professor Mike, the tactics of 1914 were not the tactics of the years following, because they adapted, and one of the biggest reasons for that was the machine gun.
1: Yes, and they were even using uh, some of these older commanders, and you have to understand the World War I generals were often born in the 17, I'm sorry, the 1870s they were thinking in terms of heroic cavalry charges they would run 30,000 troops up against machine gun positions and we all know how that resulted so that that was probably the the, the greatest failure of, of that conflict they couldn't seem to to comprehend that new uh, science and technology would require new strategies and then of course we learn after world war 1 in particular a corporal named Adolf hitler they begin to to concern themselves with the idea that they don't want static trench warfare bingo. any longer.
0: Bingo, bingo, and and um, when Guderian wrote his book *Aktung Panzers*, it changed uh, Panzer*. The it changed the entire complexion uh, of warfare. And also on uh, on Netflix, there's a documentary, *The Age of Tanks*, which I think you have to watch if you're into this stuff.
1: Yeah, the first uh, tanks are used by the British, I think, in 1915 going to 16, the Battle of Cambria. And they basically used them as almost tractor-like weapons that the soldiers could follow behind. And in essence, a tank really was a tractor mounted with different military hardware and tracks. Um, the Germans will learn much later that it can actually be a spearheaded um, instrument of attack in, in more rapid types of warfare. The tank was not very successful in its usage
0: um, in World War One. No, no, it, it was it was not. It was kind of an instrument of terror at first. When the Germans had seen the first onrush of the tanks, they freaked out. They didn't know what to do. But uh, once the artillery started piercing the front of those first uh, British tanks, uh, I think they kind of lost their fearfulness. And as you will remember from "They Shall Not Grow Old." They didn't really think about what was going to happen to the crew inside the tank when even a standard um, 303 round would hit the tank. The soldiers who were part of the tank crews talked about pieces of metal whirling around inside the uh, work area of the crew like razor blades.
1: Well, you know history, Tom, and you are absolutely correct. I have um, have a couple of uh, relatives that were actually in the conflict. They had an uncle, and I met another gentleman I spoke to, and uh, as a young boy, I was just so inspired by their their commentary, and they talked about the endless struggles with the mud and the misery. But I'd like to share one last thing with you. That uh, I wrote something in my first book. Um, I was writing about the African-American experience, and a lot of people didn't know this. My students were fascinated. When American troops began to arrive in 1917, they, in essence, wanted American troops to fill into the French and British uh, trenches yep. to, to plant their losses. Yep. Well, the American general, uh, they called them Jack Black Jack Pershing, said, "I'm not going to put my boys into a meat grinder." He said, "They need time to get ready, but to help and assist the British and the French, we actually gave them our African-American soldiers and said, "You can have them, and we put them in their trenches."
0: Now, I did not know that. Um and if you will scroll down on my Facebook page or do a search uh, for Battalion of Death, you will see, taken in Buffalo, a photograph of roughly 100 of our black brothers and my great-grandfather, Aunt Babe's dad, who was the chief draft board medical examiner for Erie County uh, in, in the First World War. So, I mean, the World War One hits very close to home for me uh, mainly on the German side, because on the American side, my granddad was in the Navy fighting the Battle of the Great Lakes. I think Great Grandpa might have pulled some strings there, and he, Great Grandpa, was the uh, what was the draft board medical examiner and the best clap doctor in Buffalo of the uh, of the uh, uh, early twentieth century. I thank you kindly, Professor Mike. I appreciate the call. All
1: right, nice talking to you.
0: No, my pleasure. Are you kidding me? I, I could talk about this stuff all day, uh, but I, I I could personally. But if you want to add to this, um, I've only got a few minutes uh, in which to do it, so knock yourself out. I don't know if uh, this, if, if you find this boring or not, but World War One, and, and and I know David, I I don't think he's going to argue with this. I think we both would agree. World War One was the event of the twentieth century. Everything that happened in world war 1 had a direct impact on the world we inherited if you were born in the 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s it all was a result of the first world war which started because of an assassination of an archduke in sarajevo in 1914 and the guy <laughs> the guy wasn't even thought of fondly by the guy who was the emperor of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Franz Josef, didn't really think a lot of Franz Ferdinand, who, by the way, was actually... And here's here's the, one of the stupidest things about World War One. okay? Uh, you had a polyglot empire with Austria and Hungary at the top of the food chain and then all of the other peoples uh, melded in, and those, like the Serbs, they felt very oppressed by the Austro Hungarians and like they were second class citizens. They were Slavs. Well, Franz Ferdinand, had he lived, would have instituted reforms which would have made his assassination really a stupid thing for people who wanted greater autonomy for those regions within that empire uh, that clearly didn't like him much when he went to Sarajevo in June of 1914. Uh, 803-0930, Star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. This was the last thing I expected to uh, get into, truly. But I heard David mentioning it, and then I looked it up, and I saw, oh, All Quiet on the Western Front is number two on Netflix right now? Seriously? Because it put me to sleep a few times. Because... The 1930 version of All Quiet on the Western Front, Lou Ayers, Louis Wolheim, um, uh, the dude from Dragnet, Ben Alexander, just phenomenal, phenomenal movie, especially, and I, and I cannot emphasize this enough, it's almost 100 years old, but it is still relevant. Is there a little overacting in it? Yeah. There is. There's definitely some melodrama there, which was a carryover from the stage actors, but for its time. And even today, All Quiet on the Western Front, 1930 remains to me the only version of that movie that is a must view. Richard Thomas remade it, Ernest Borgnine in 1979. Now these Germans have done it in 2022 with uh, the overdubbing. I want to watch it in German um, and see if I have a different feel on it. Uh, just saying. All right, it's Bowerly a news radio, 9:30, W.B.E.N. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, talking about. Um, I, I just heard Dave, the end of David's show talking about the 2022 Netflix – it's on Netflix uh, – version of All Quiet on the Western Front. And I feel very strongly about that due to the experience of growing up with a grandmother who was born in Germany in the 19 aughts, who came to the United States in 1923 – um, after the Treaty of Versailles was signed, whose father was in the German trenches in World War I. So All Quiet on the Western Front, which focuses on the German soldiers' experience in the First World War, has always resonated with me, even though Great Grandpa was the head of the combined draft boards of Erie County during the First World War. And by the way, if he gave you a physical, it was a joke. They made a big deal about how he was a, he was a doctor. And they made a big deal about, well, Dr. Brusso passed 10,000 men in one day is fit for service. Gee, that must have been a real intense uh, physical. How do you feel? Fine. Okay, good. You're you're good to go. But then again, that's what countries did. They wanted to fill their ranks. There were a lot of British soldiers in the First World War, and you can see this in Peter Jackson's They shall not grow old. They were 15, 16 years old. And they'd go up to the examiner, and uh, the examiner would say, "How old are you, son? I'm 16. Oh, did you mean 18? You said you were 18, right? Okay, sign right here. Come on in." Uh, so it uh, it wasn't unusual um, at uh, at all. Um, I, I don't know it, it, if you guys want. I'll, I'll do. It, tell you what. Here's what's here's what's going to happen after three. Keep in mind, um, I believe very strongly in organic talk radio that sometimes. The best shows, the ones that people say, oh, there's was a great show, are not what I had planned on doing. This was not even on the chalkboard until I heard David talking about All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. And then my passions get going because, as you might well tell from my voice, World War I is a source of tremendous um, personal connection for me obviously i was not there but i did meet a guy who was and people directly related to me pictures of them with their their pointy little helmet uh by the way if you are interested in world war one I, I just want to make one more recommendation uh our world war our o-u-r our world war it's a three episode series it is beyond fantastic. It's a three, one-hour series. I don't know that they, why they didn't make more episodes. It's online. You can watch it for free um, on whatever service. You can see the free videos. But Our World War, especially Season 1, Episode 1, The First Day, is Unbelievable it you know what i will say that that one comes very close in my mind to the 1930 version of all quiet on the western front so coming up after the news at 3 i'll continue to take calls if there is interest i will recap what i did this hour if you want to make mental notes on movies i would recommend if you liked all quiet on the western front whatever version you like um and uh, your phone calls, if you want to get in, I'm not going to do it the entire show. And I'm only going to do it for as long as people are interested. So I'll know by your calls or lack thereof if you have any interest in these kinds of movies. 803-0930, Star 930, and one 800 wben Because obviously the show ought to be interesting to you, not just the guy doing it, right?